0: To all of you guys who don't know, I am not Pastor Christian, okay? My name is Marcus, Marcus Corpning. I'm an intern pastor here at New Philadelphia Church. And so today, while, while Pastor Christian may be in at the Ounudi Russian service, I still believe that God has a marvelous word, a great word that he's wanting to deliver to you guys today. And I feel like that uh, today, a lot of you guys are going to get blessed. <clears throat> My voice is a little hoarse because I was yelling and screaming during praise because it just gets like that sometimes. So give me a second. Our God is good, amen? amen? Hallelujah. So the word of the Lord comes to us today from Psalm 27 4. And it says, if you all have turned there with me, it says, One thing have I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. All the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. The Lord. David's cry was to be before the Lord and the word that I have for you today is about the knowledge of God. And so over the past two months, as I've been here at at new philadelphia church i've been here for a year but over the past two months i felt this word that god was just burning in my spirit and it was about the knowledge of god so before i get started let's pray father god you are the god of inapproachable light lord you are the god that is a consuming fire lord you are a god of burning passion for your people lord And Father God, we worship you today, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for Father God, all you are to us, Lord God. We thank you, Father God, for your son, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that Jesus, he died on the cross, not so that we would just live half-hearted lives, but that we would know you, that we would grow in fellowship and intimacy with you, Lord. And, Father God, I pray that today, Lord God, that hearts would be awakened unto the knowledge of you today. I pray that today, Lord God, your spirit would go upon each and every person in this place, Lord, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation unto the knowledge of you would be released so that the eyes of this congregation's hearts would be enlightened, God. Father God, I pray that today, Lord God, that healing would break forth. I pray that today, Lord God, that transformation would take forth. I pray, Father God, that freedom, Lord God, will be found in this place, Lord God, because you are here, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Lord God, we pray, Father God, against every work of the enemy, we cut him down in the name of Jesus, we just pray havoc and confusion into all of his assignments, we cancel them in the name of Jesus, and we pray that in this place, Lord, freedom and love would arise Lord. Lord God, as your word goes out, Father God, we pray, Lord God, that your word would go out. It would accomplish the work that you have sent it to do. And it would bring back a harvest 30, 60, 100 fold unto your glory, Lord God. Father God, light a fire in us today, Father God. If there isn't anything else that happens, Lord God, may our hearts be opened and awakened today. Do it, Lord God. It is only you that does this work. Oh, hallelujah. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, in this place. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So. So there are three types of knowledge that we as men and women get to enjoy. There's three different types of knowledge. As as I was spending my time in my quiet time with the Lord, he was kind of revealing to me these three different types of, of knowledge, these three different types of ways that we we can get knowledge. I mean, the name of my sermon is the knowledge of God. So obviously I'm going to be talking about knowledge. And so the first way that many of us get knowledge is right to our brains right all of you guys i'm guessing have went through college have went through school or you're in school right now and if not you at least did high school and many of us are familiar with this kind of understanding where when we hear something when we are in a classroom or even when we're in church the the depth of our understanding of something is always in our minds like when i was in high school and i took pre-calculus The knowledge of it was mostly in my mind, mostly. I didn't do too well in pre-cal, but in Samo, you feel me? And so like most of the time, our knowledge is in our brains, even in church. We sit in church and math, the sciences, humanities, even the church. We sit in church and our knowledge of God is most of the time relegated to our minds. We think of salvation even as sometimes a formula, you know, that God made the earth. God made man, man sinned, man fell. There was separation. God brought Jesus. Jesus saved us. I believe in Jesus. I'm saved. And then that's it. And that's our understanding and that's our Christian life. And it's relegated to our minds. And a lot of times there's a separation between our hearts and our spirit and our minds. And that's the first type of understanding. And the second type of understanding is the understanding that we have whenever we, a lot of us when we come to this church for the first time. Bill Johnson of Bethel Church, in one of his books, it's called The The Supernatural Power of a Renewed Mind. He talks about understanding being when something that God gives you is dropped into your spirit, and then over time it makes its way up into your mind. Now many of us can testify to this kind of understanding. Because like the first day I think about I think about two and a half years ago when I first came to New Philadelphia Church when it was formerly JSEM and I went to a Friday fire. And at that time, my my mind did not understand what was going on. There were people that were, some of you, maybe if you're a newcomer today and you're sitting in, a, in our worship, your mind isn't really understanding what's going on, but your spirit, your spirit maybe likes it. Your spirit maybe jumps at it because your spirit gets it, but your mind doesn't. And so like my first experience at this church, I was at a Friday fire and There were people that were like jumping around. They were dancing. They were yelling. They were screaming. Some people were speaking in languages I didn't understand. Everyone was yelling when they were praying. I couldn't even hear myself pray. But for some reason, I still wanted to stick around. And it was because what happens is your spirit may understand it. When God drops understanding into your spirit, and then over time, God quickens it into your mind. Like many of you you've spent time in a charismatic church and you've seen people speaking in tongues, right? And they've been just like going off, right? And at first you're like, that is crazy. That is not, that does not seem right. But then the more and more you're around it, God kind of quickens a word in your heart. He quickens, he quickens the word in your heart and you begin to see that it's not just, it's not just man doing the things, but it's the spirit of God moving amongst the people. Maybe when you pray, a lot of times when I pray, I come from the prayer and I'm feeling like God has really deposited something in me. That when I pray with God, there's God has spoken to my heart. He's spoken to my spirit, but I didn't really understand what was happening. And then later, someone will speak to me or Pastor Christian will speak a message and then bam, it'll be quickened in me and like, oh, it makes sense what God was speaking to me last night. And that's the kind of of understanding we have in Romans 12 two, it says be transformed by the renewing of your mind Ephesians 423 says be made new in the spirit of your mind so many of us we can be we can receive that understanding from our spirits unto our mind in first Corinthians 2 it says no eye has seen no ear has heard no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. And so there's an understanding that comes from our spirits onto our minds. But that's not what I'm here to talk to you about today. Those are the first two. But the second one, while many of us understand the first two even, we can understand the head knowledge. We can even understand the spirit knowledge. What I'm talking to you today is about when God moves from your spirit to your heart. It's something where God speaks directly from your spirit unto your heart. And it's something that many of you you felt before where it apprehends your heart, it arrests your heart. Your heart beats 10 times faster than it ever has before. And you don't know what's really going on, but in your spirit something is moving from the deep inside of you unto your heart. And it's the knowledge of God. It's knowing God And the revelation of God being revealed onto your heart. And I'm here today to tell you that the knowledge of God is the most important thing in your life. Tell your neighbor that right now. Tell them the knowledge of God is the most important thing in your life. (laughs) The knowledge of God is the most important thing in your life. And seeking after the knowledge of God is the most important pursuit that you will ever have in your life. Seeking after the knowledge of God and attaining a greater knowledge of the Father is more important than your career. It's more important than your family. It's more important than your friends. It's more important than spiritual gifts. It's more important than your ministry call. It's more important... Then these things, because the initial and foremost call on your life is to the knowledge of God. Amen? Amen. The knowledge of God is the most important thing in your life. Psalm 27, four, David said, one thing I have asked of the Lord and that I will seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. See, King David, he understood that the most important thing in his life is the knowledge of God, to be in front of God, to be in his temple, to be in his presence, to talk with him, to fellowship with him. The cry of David's heart was to know God, and it has to be the cry of our hearts, too. See, I'm not here today to even speak into your minds today. I'm not here to speak into your mind so that you leave from here saying that this was a good sermon. I'm not here so that you will feel better about it. Because God has placed on my heart that you must get that the knowledge of God is the most important thing in your life. That your heart's cry has to be seeking after God and having God revealed in your life day in and day out with greater and greater revelation each day that your heart is set on fire for God. Not that it's a good sermon, not that you're entertained, but that your heart would be set on fire for God. It was one thing that David wanted. He said, one thing I ask of the Lord and this is what I will seek after. He had narrowed down everything in his life to one thing and one thing alone and that was to know God. He got before God and he saw God and his heart was lifted up unto God. And your heart has to be lifted up unto God that you would have the song of your heart would be to worship God, to know Him, to be like in Psalm 84 1 to 2. He says, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. The cry of your heart has to faint. If your heart has to faint, it has to long for the living God. And knowing God is your life. The word says the Lord is your life. John 17 three says it says, and this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Now that they will go out and heal, heal thousands. Not that they would go out and preach to the nations. Not that they would go out and make millions. Not that they would go out and be great teachers or great preachers or whatever. But that they would know God. Eternal life is knowing God. And therefore it has to be the cry of your heart. The Lord desires for your heart to be enlightened, awakened, and captivated with who He is. Ephesians 1.7 seven. Paul said, he said that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation unto the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened, that your heart would be enlightened, that the eyes of your heart would open up to who God is and who he is for you, not the eyes of your mind, not these eyes, but the eyes that are deep, deep within How many of you today want the eyes of your heart to be enlightened for your Christianity, not to just be coming to church on Sundays, but it would be every single day. Your heart, it it awakens, it breaks, it just is captivated by who God is, that it would be knowing God that would captivate you and fascinate you. Even the creatures in heaven. In Revelation 4, when it talks about the throne room, even the four living creatures, the eyes of their hearts are enlightened unto the knowledge of God. It says that the four living creatures, one like that of a lion, one like that of an ox, one like that of a man. And the other one like that of an eagle had eyes front and back and within. Not only were their eyes on their on their flesh captivated with God, but their eyes deep, deep within them. We're captivated with who God is. God wants the eyes of your hearts to be enlightened today. But. One thing that God has placed upon my heart is that the enemy. The prince of the powers of the air, Satan, has blinded many of our eyes. He's deceived many of us. So many of us are being blinded to the knowledge of the Lord. And our minds are being given over to not to to, the desire, the knowledge of other things. Instead of seeking after God, we're desiring other things. Instead of the knowledge of the Lord, we're seeking the knowledge of the world, the knowledge of wealth, the knowledge of comfort, the knowledge of sex, the knowledge of idolatry instead of the knowledge of God. Jeremiah 2 11. God had commissioned Jeremiah to go out and to preach unto the people. Knowing that they would be given under given over unto judgment. And Jeremiah said, but my people have changed their glory for that which does not profit. That they have exchanged the glory of knowing God for the glory of knowing things that aren't glorious at all. And I'm asking you today if that's been your heart. Hosea 4.1 says, there is no faithfulness or steadfast love and no knowledge of God in the land. And my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Last night, well, not last night, but Friday night at Friday Fire, Pastor Christian, he stood before the congregation there. And he was saying that we needed love. We needed love. We needed love for one another. We needed love for the lost we need love for the people and that faithfulness that steadfast love only comes as you touch the God who first loves you as you first touch God who breaks for you who desires you he said and Hosea said there is no faithfulness or steadfast love in the land my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge For many of you, your prayer time, for many of you, the time that you spend with God, even at a church like this, may not overflow with love, may not overflow with connection, with intimacy with the Father. And that's because sin has blinded your eyes. The knowledge of the things of this world, of a better career, of fame, of fortune, has grasped your eyes. And when there is no knowledge of God in the land, what you're left with is mixture. The reason why I'm up here and it just is grasping me is because his people are destroyed without a lack of knowledge. God wants you to connect with his heart in ways unbeknownst to what you know now. His heart is overflowing. The angels that that sit in heaven, the creatures that worship the God, they see him and they still cannot search out how wonderful he is. David said he said in one third in Psalm 139, he said, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. There is so much of God that God wants you to connect with that it will set you on fire for him. But there are things that blind you and there are things that mix In the camp. There are things in our lives that we're trading God for. And there are many of us even here today that are living. In shame and guilt. And in double lives. And in. And in addiction. And pain and suffering. And you're finding yourself day in and day out struggling with these things. Struggling with the condemnation of this life. But the knowledge of God, when it first comes upon your heart, it will call you to the holiness of God. When Moses came before God, God said, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. When Isaiah was in the temple of the Lord and the glory of the Lord filled the temple, Isaiah fell on his knees and he said, Lord. Lord, you are too holy. I am wretched. And the Lord's calling us to be holy before him. To turn from our lives that are addicted to sin and shame. Like our brother Dave who came up here and talked about how God called him out. It was the knowledge of God placed upon his heart that brought him out of a backslidden state. It was the love of God. It was the knowledge that God loved him. That God had a plan for him. That God God was pursuing after his heart that pulled him out of these things. For myself, it was the knowledge of God. I was living double lives. I was atheist even. I hated anything of God. I would cut down people when they came to me talking about Jesus. Jesus? No. But it was only until God pursued me and met me. He met me at a bus stop. God is everywhere. He's Emmanuel. He's God is with us. And sometimes he manifests his presence to show us that he loves us and that he wants us to know him. But it was the knowledge of God meeting me there that awakened my heart. And it's been the knowledge of God over each and every day of my life that has continued to push me forward. It hasn't been that I would become a pastor. It hasn't been that I would that I would get wealthy. It hasn't been that I'd have a family. It hasn't been that I'd get married, because a lot of you know, like, you know, I do married It's the desire of my heart. <laughs> it has not been any of those things. It has been seeking after and pursuing the Lord, knowing that he loved me first and the knowledge of God being placed upon my heart. And God's saying to you today, he's saying, are you pursuing me with a holy passion? Or have you given yourself over to the things of this world? He's saying, Is the entire, is your entire heart given unto me? Do you want a heart that is just given over to one thing and one thing alone? He's saying, You cannot live a life of mixture before me. And many of you in here, you may think this word is too harsh to call people to holiness. But for some of you, This is a word that's going to set you free. Knowing that God is pursuing after your heart and he wants you to know him. He wants the one thing of your heart not to be to be pursuing after the things of this world. Not to be adulterous unto him, but to know that he rejoices over you. And as a bridegroom, he is passionately seeking you. He wants all of you. He doesn't want some of you. He wants every bit of you. And for some of you, then just the knowledge of that, the knowledge of the God of love will bring you to a place of freedom. If you would just open your heart to God. You'll see that God is worth just immeasurable riches. David said, he said, for better is one day in your courts, Lord, than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God. I would rather just stand at the edge. Than, being, than dwell in the tents of wickedness. To be out here in the sin and the botchery of this world. I would rather dwell in your house Lord. For one day. And one day alone. I want you that much. My prayer is that your heart will connect with that. Last night I was, I was sitting before the Lord. And I was praying, and God really, he hit my heart with the fact that sin is not normal. Many of us, we, we come into this world and we think that, that sin defines our lives. That for us, sin is normal. But sin is not normal, brothers and sisters. Living a life separated from God is not Normal. That's not what God made you for. That's not what you were crafted for. You belong to God. You are a child of God. You are God's treasured possession. Sin is not normal. Jesus is. Jesus should be the normality of your life. And as I was sitting and talking with God, and he was saying, Marcus, who came first? Me or sin? He was saying, who came first? Who sits on the throne, really? Me or sin? And as he was planting it in my heart, he was saying, he was showing me that my sin is not normal. But that God is calling me to the life that he intended. He's calling me to a life of intimacy with him. He's calling you to a life of connection with him. Revelation 4. I go back to it again because it just is implanted on my heart. But when the elders, they worship. It says they worship the one who sits on the throne forever and ever. And that God has always sat on the throne. He has never left the throne. And for many of you, you may have thought that your sin has taken God off the throne. But well, what you need to realize is that your sin can never take God off the throne. He sits on a throne all the time, forever and ever. What sin does, it just blocks your, your knowledge of him. It just blocks your side of the throne. But if you come to a knowledge of God and you begin to pursue after him and say, Lord, I want to know you. Lord, I lay this at your feet. The power of Jesus can come in to set you free from all bondages, all addictions. The reason why I say that Jesus sits on the throne and he's never left the throne is because Jesus is more powerful than your sin. God is ten times, he's not even more ten times, he's immeasurably more powerful than your sin. So much so that when he died on the cross, he completely crushed the head of Satan. And that he's calling you just to connect with the fact that he is more powerful than your sin. And there are some of us even within this room today that are suffering in other ways. We're suffering with identity and image issues. It was sure it was surely the Spirit of the Lord that Aaron Salmo got up here and started talking about uh, about identity. Because many of us have been hit with identity issues. I'm on the missions team to Myanmar, and John Michael's my leader. <laughs> and uh, John Michael, he's a he's a diesel leader, he's a great wow. leader. But he, he's making us uh, memorize twenty five identities along with the scripture that he's having us memorize. <laughs> <laughs> Recite them later. <laughs> if you want to see them recited, uh, go to Pastor myung She She's got a better handle on them than I do. But many of us, the reason why he had us learn our identities and go over these 25 identities, because identity is so important. To the knowledge of who God is. When you know who God is. You know who you are. But see the enemy has. He's put on you so many different names. So many different things. He said that you're ugly. He said that you're rejected. He said that you are unloved. He's saying that no one wants you. The enemy has broken us down to the core. That we don't know who we are. And we receive these lies that we look in the mirror and we say, I'm ugly. I'm fat. No one likes me. I'm not beautiful. Who am I? Who am I? And we accept these lies and deception from the enemy. But when the knowledge of God overtakes your heart. And you begin to see, you connect with who God is. You connect with the God that sits on a throne. And he is the God of all beauty. As David looked upon God and he said, God, I just want to gaze at your beauty. When you look upon this God, you realize that he is the God of splendor and majesty. And you know that this same God loves you with a passion and a delight. Your view of yourself will change. As David looked upon the Lord, he was rejoicing and he said, Lord, For you form my inward parts. You fashion me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, Lord, because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, Lord. My soul knows it as well. You form me in the depths of the earth, Lord. When you begin to connect with this God that is of unapproachable, unimaginable beauty, and you realize that this same God is the Genesis 1 God who created you, and he loves you, And he made you fearfully and wonderfully. When the knowledge of who God is hits your heart, Satan can't touch that. You are untouchable unto the knowledge of God. And that's why you need the knowledge of God in your heart. See, when the Bible says we are fearfully and wonderfully made, I used to always think that meant I was no fear, no wonder. I completely didn't even read the word fearfully. I just thought that meant, oh, I'm fearless. But what that means is that when God created you, he made you with a certain level of awe and wonder. You are made in his image. He made you in a way that is so beautiful, so perfect, so holy unto him. And then he's calling you to connect with that. He says in Isaiah 62, you shall no more be termed forsaken and your land shall no more be termed desolate. But you shall be called my delight. And your land married for the Lord delights in you. And your land shall be married. It says, so as a bridegroom rejoices over a bride, so our God rejoices over you. The Lord delights in you, brothers and sisters. He delights in you, each and every one of you. He knows your name. He fashions you together in your mother's womb, and he loves you, and he delights in you, and he looks upon you. He's looking upon you right now, rejoicing in you, and he's calling you to connect with that. Paul talked to the Philippians, and he said, it is my prayer that your love may grow more and more with all knowledge and all discernment. And he was saying to the church, church, I want your heart to connect with God in a way that you see who you are in him with all knowledge and all discernment, that the knowledge of God, the fire of his passion will grow in your heart. And God is calling out to his church to connect with that. God showed me that in my life, it was not anything else but his love. And him fashioning me together. That has saved me. The knowledge of him that has saved me. I came to a knowledge of God. And to a greater knowledge of God. And what's what he's showing me is that he has always been there. That he commands his angels concerning us. To guard us. That the work that he was doing in my mother's womb. Was fearful. And it was wonderful. That when my mother was pregnant with me. And she was pushed down a flight of stairs. It was God that was holding on to her. It was God saying. That's my work in there. I have fearfully and wonderfully made you. There will be nothing that touches you. You are my child. God's calling you to a knowledge of him. Over the course of my life. Well, I've been in situations of abuse and neglect. It was always the Lord saying, you are not forsaken. You are not desolate, but you are my delight. And he's saying the same thing to you. If you've had your time of abuse, maybe someone's taken advantage of you. Maybe people have called you things, placed identities on you that are not yours. He's saying, you are not forsaken. You are not forgotten. You are mine. You are my child, you are my love, and I rejoice in you. And I just want you to come to a knowledge of my heart. And when that love arises in your heart, when that love, that knowledge of the God of love, it just arises in you and it apprehends your heart and it takes hold of you. It doesn't just cause you to have greater intimacy, but it empowers you. It makes you bold. It strengthens you. See, our church is raising up an army, right? And we, we jump around and we proclaim it because we're, we're all for being an army. But God is saying, know me. Know me first. Because when you know God, when your heart is connected deeper and deeper with God, you will be like Paul. You'll say, if God... You'll say, if God is for us, who be against us? And that's not if God is for us, who be against us? Like who? Like (laughs) Nuguseo. It's if God is for you, if you know God, if the knowledge of God is placed upon your heart, it's who dare be against you. Who dare be against the people who are committed unto God. Amen, Mina. Hallelujah. (laughs) And you won't be a people that, that wallow in and weakness or thinking of and going after the things of this world but it would be the knowledge of god that empowers your heart to go out to the nations not because god not because you just read it not because your church is telling you to go on missions not because your pastor is saying rise up and go but because the love of god is so implanted upon your heart that it makes you bold as a lion That you you will go out and you will be bold because you know that your God has fashioned you. He loves you. He has made you holy. He has called you. He has called you to be a people that is holy unto him with power clothed from on high. And he will say to you, he will say, do not say that you're just young. Do not say that you are only a youth. We're a young church. But he's calling us. He's saying, don't just go out and say, don't say that I am only a youth. But if you know me, if it's implanted upon your heart, the knowledge of me, for to all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you will speak. And do not be afraid, because I am with you to deliver you. The Lord is calling our church today to the knowledge of himself, to the knowledge of his holiness, to be a people without mixture, so that we may be a people Unto the Lord that see him. And see him work in our world. That we would be people. That go out and restore. The normal of God. We would go out to see God. And we'd see Jesus reign. Here in this earth. Because our heart. Is on fire for him. Because we have touched his heart. We have touched the consuming fire of his heart. And I want to read to you. As I close, I want to read to you something from this book I was reading called One Thing. And it's from this book called The Evidential Power of Beauty by Thomas Dubé. And he says, you and I, each and every one of us without exception, can be defined as an aching need for the infinite. Some people realize this and some do not. But even the latter illustrate this inner ache when, not having God deeply, they incessantly spill themselves out into excitements and experiences, licit or illicit. They are trying to fill their inner emptiness, but they never succeed, which is why the search is incessant. Though worldly pleasure-seeking never fulfills and satisfies in a continuing way, it may tend to momentarily to distract and to to dull the profound pain of the inner void. But if these people allow themselves a moment of reflected silence, they notice a still, small voice whispering, Is this all there is? They begin to sense a thirst to love with abandon, without limit, without end, without lingering aftertaste of bitterness. In other words, their inner spirit is clamoring, even if confusedly, for unending beauty. How they and we respond to this inner outreach rooted in our deep spiritual soul is the most basic set of decisions we can make. They have eternal consequences. God called David to the knowledge of him, just to know him deeply, just to seek after him. Or his heart to be set on fire for him. And he's calling you to do the same today. Before you go to Cambodia, Myanmar, Australia. Before you go into Taiwan, Before you even go home. He's calling you unto a greater knowledge of him. That your heart would burn for him. And that the world would be shaken because of it. Let us bow our heads in prayer. I want us to take a moment and I want us to just spend this time really just crying out to the Lord. That if the cry of your heart is for more of God, if the cry of your heart is for the knowledge of God to increase in your life, for you to know God and for you to know him deeper, for it not to be just a a Christian life of routine, Christian life of defeat, a Christian life of, of no satisfaction. I want you to stand to your feet. And we want to pray for you. And if your heart cries out for more of God, I'm going to invite you to come up in the prayer team. Those who, who Or to lay hands. We are going. We want to pray for you. We want to bless you. We want to pray that the fire of God. Will be unleashed upon your heart. That you will come to know God. Deeper and deeper. And that all the identities. That the Lord has placed upon your life. Will be broken off. And that you would see. That you are not forsaken. But he delights in you. That if you've been living a double life. If you've been living a life. That's hardened unto the Lord. That you will find your deliverance today. If the cry of your heart. Despite all that. All the sin is that, Lord, I just want more of you. I don't know. I don't understand it, Lord. But I just want more of you. Then we want to pray for you. And if that is the cry of your heart. I'm just asking that you would come up and we want to pray for you. So if the prayer team would come up. And those who are authorized to lay hands, I mean, would come up. And we want to pray for you. Just come and approach the altar. I want you to lay your lives before the Lord and just say, just talk to him. Say, Lord, the cry of my heart is for more of you. And if you don't feel that cry and you're just sitting in your seats. I want you to pray to the Lord and say, Lord, give me that cry. Give me that passion for the knowledge of you. Give me more of you, Lord. I want my heart to burn for more of you, Jesus. Jesus, I want to weep at the name, Father God of Jesus. I want to weep at your name being mentioned. I want my heart to break just at the mention of your name, Jesus. I want to know you that intimately. Let us take a time. Let's go into a time of prayer. Let's pray. Let's pray, church. Let's pray. you've been struggling in your prayer time, if you've been struggling in your time with the Lord, you've been struggling in your quiet time and you feel like it's just dry and there's no intimacy, I want you to come up and we're going to pray for you right now. We're going to pray that the Lord would just release greater intimacy upon you, that you would connect with him. So if you want more passion in that time, I want you to come up. We're going to pray for you. the one that was Lord God, road the Lord God, the Lord God, the whole road the Lord God, the Lord God, road the 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 road the the Lord God, the 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 road the the Lord God, the 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 road the the Lord God, the 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 road the the Lord the 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 road the the Lord God, the Lord. the 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 Lord. the 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 I pray that you know, Father, that this spirit, oh God, speaks to us, oh God. Father, that this would find you, Father, in your fresh revelation of all that you are. Father, that in every area of her Father, where she feels that she laughs that, may she now know that she has much to exactly be Father, that you are with her. Father, that where she know, God, is weak, may know, oh Father, that this spirit that she loves. Barrio team, keep, keep praying for people. Father God, we just thank you, Lord God. Lord God, we just bless your holy name, Lord God. And Father God, all that is within us, Lord God, blesses your holy name, Lord. Oh, Father God, you, Lord God, it is you, Lord God, Father God, that pursues us, Lord God. you, it It's you, Lord God, who fashioned us, Lord God. It is you, Lord God, who rejoices over us, Lord. And Father God, we just, Father God, we take, Lord, We take, Father God, delight in just being your creation, Lord God. We take delight, Lord God, in being loved by the Father, Lord. And, Father God, the cry of our heart is just to know you, Lord. And to, Father God, reflect that love back to you, Lord. Father God, I pray, Lord, for each and every person, Lord God, in this church, Lord. Each and every person that took the step of faith to come up to the altar, Lord. I pray, Father God, that, Lord, you would loosen in their hearts, Lord God, a deeper and deeper passion for you, Lord God. I pray, Father God, that you would loosen, Lord God, freedom from heaven lord god to father god that it would vanquish lord god all the works of the enemy lord god that your spirit lord god will come upon them lord god and your deep deep love lord will set them free lord god and set them lord god into deeper intimacy with you lord i pray father god that lord you would just bless this church Lord god to be a church lord that pursues after father god one thing lord god and one thing alone lord god and that is you lord god and that is knowing you lord god I pray, Father God, that this would not be a church that gets distracted, Lord God. But that Father God, our initial and the uh, our initial and only call will be for you, Lord God. Will be for more of you, Lord God. And to see the knowledge of you, Lord God, spread in our lives, spread in our families, spread in the nations, God. That your name will be exalted and lifted above all other names. We bless your holy name, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Bless the people, Lord God, that are here, Father God. Seal the work in them, Father God. That, Lord, their hearts, Lord God, all their hearts, Lord God, would just, Lord, be broken, Lord God, as your heart breaks, Lord God. Their heart would beat as your heart beats, Lord. Yes, Lord, I thank you for your love, Lord God. I thank you for your love. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are good, Lord God. You are a stronghold in a day of trouble. You know those who take refuge in you, Lord. Bless your people, Lord. Bless them. I thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah.